and I'm hoping he's doing some things in your heart. Last week I was preaching, and I didn't see the text until after my message. My wife is so awesome. She uh, Sometimes she'll text me right in the middle of my preaching because she wants to, like, you know, give me a little thing or whatever. And she wrote, you're talking too fast <laughs> instead on the text. Like, and I know when I talk too fast, it's usually because I get so excited about something, and I really, I really, um, I, I, uh, I guess the heart of your leader is this, that what God is doing in me, I want him to do in you. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and not that I have a, a, you know, corner on the market of God's revelationary thing, but I do believe that he puts things in my heart and directions that he has for us. And I feel very strongly about this progressive revelation that God has been revealing with us and some of the, the ways that he wants to move us ahead. I will just tell you this. God is not content with you to be exactly the same Christian you were seven days ago. Right? He is not content with you to have the same revelation of him from one week into the next. You know, the Bible talks about glory upon glory upon glory, right? And this idea that that God really wants to bring us to new places in him, a new revelation where we're not just singing or talking about it. We're actually living it and we're experiencing it, right? And that is the heart of a loving father, I want to tell you. Like, my desire for my kids is not that they would have to be told what to do all the time or, you know, have to go over the same stuff. My desire as a father for my children is what? That they would begin to go, oh, bing, you know, the light goes off and they gain understanding and they gain revelation and they begin to move into new areas of their life, right? Isn't that the heart of a father? That's the heart of our daddy for us. And so we'll start this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. We're actually going to be jumping through a lot of different scriptures today. So I want to encourage you with a couple things. Number one, if you have the, the app that we use, um, it's called Faith Life. If you want to go to your app store and get it um, and you, and you, and you, you uh, want to open it up, our Bible verses will actually jump to your phone or your iPad or whatever you're using so that you can actually keep those verses and take them with you and maybe look at them more later. So that's one way. If you're taking notes, I just want to encourage you to write these things down. But also... Uh, we've printed up uh, a sheet for, for these names, and we put them out on the, on the, on the counter. We're actually going to add one more name to it today. So if you're taking notes, write this, extra, this one more name down. But those are just some ways I want to encourage you to take what we're doing here with you as you go and allow God to bring more revelation. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus, is, is, uh, he prays a lot. And his disciples and his followers actually come to him, and they said, teach us how to pray. <laughs> We want to connect with God the way you're connecting with God, and we see something in your life that is totally epic and amazing, right? And so Jesus teaches them how to pray. He says, pray like this. And he starts with this familiar thing that, you know, many of us know the Lord's Prayer, right? And we're just going to touch on the first line today because I think it's the foundation for the whole Lord's Prayer. How many know if you get your foundation right, you can build right? But if your foundation is off a little bit, all of a sudden, you know, maybe the, the end product doesn't turn out to be exactly what we want it to be, right? So Jesus, in the first refrain of teaching in the Lord's Prayer, he says this, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. All right? So, Lord, this morning we thank you, God, that you have amazing things for us. And you want to bless us in ways like we've never known before. So we just release your favor into everything we're doing today. We release your favor and Holy Spirit that you would quicken our hearts, quicken our minds, 
and bring us to new places with you that we've never known before. We just give you freedom to do that. Hallelujah. If that's your prayer, just say, Lord, I give you freedom to do that. Holy Spirit, I give you freedom to touch areas of my heart and my mind that I've never, never, never noticed before. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're talking about progressive revelation, right? And revelation, the word revelation actually comes from the word what? To reveal, right? To open up, to unveil, if you will. So for the last few weeks, we've been, we've been, we've been talking about this. And again, we put the names all up here, the progressive revelation, and how God didn't just dump everything of who he is on Adam and Eve in the garden. He actually began to start with the garden. Elohim is the name of God that is used when he was creating the world. And so it's the creative power of God. He starts with that, right? And then through the, through the generations and the different people, God with Abraham, he began with Abraham to make a covenant with him. He's a covenant maker. And then he began to provide for Abraham as Jehovah Jireh showed himself as that. And then he declared himself to Abraham and then to Isaac and then to Jacob and then to Joseph and all the generations after that as El Shaddai. Can we say that together? El Shaddai. That means God Almighty. And if you're taking notes, write all in capital letters, like almighty, right? He's almighty over everything. And then the progressive revelation, we'll get to this in a second here, but Yahweh, Jehovah, to Moses, he revealed this whole new part to him. And then on, all these different names, we'll get to those more later. I want to add a new one today as we get to the end. Over here on the far, on this far panel is a, is, a, is a funny word that we don't normally use, but it's Jehovah Sidkenu. It's kind of like tsunami. You put the T and the S together, right, Suze? <laughs> tsunami. So Jehovah Sidkenu, it actually means the Lord, my righteousness. Aren't you glad today that he's our righteousness and it's not up to us to be righteous enough to get this thing done, to get our sins forgiven? I mean, it has to do with grace and it has to do with forgiveness and it has to do with sins. He is my righteousness. Jehovah Say it with me, Sidkenu, Sidkenu, the Lord, my righteousness. And we'll talk about that more in a minute here. Take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 6. And we're going to review a verse we looked at a couple weeks ago. And we're going to use it as a springboard to jump into some things God has for us today. So as we talked about Moses, and we've talked about, some of you are familiar with the, with the story of Moses. Uh, if not, go to Exodus chapter 1 and just start reading into the first little bit there. And it's the story of Moses and how God calls Moses. And, and this is what it says in, in uh, Exodus chapter 6, verse 2. He's talking to Moses and it says that God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, who became Israel, as God Almighty, El Shaddai. Say it with me, El Shaddai. But by my name, Lord, or Jehovah, I did not make myself known to them. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, God very easily could have done that. He could have laid out all this stuff, but Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all the children of Israel, God revealed himself up to this point with him, with them. But then he said, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait a little while. Do you realize between the revelation of El Shaddai and the revelation of Yahweh, Jehovah, is close to 800 years 800 years, God said, I'm El Shaddai. I'm the Lord Almighty. Right? And it's interesting because he goes on in verse 4 and he says to Moses now, revealing Yahweh, Jehovah to him. He says, 
I also established my covenant with them, right, the covenant-making God, to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as strangers, temporary residents, foreigners. And I also have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel, whom the Egyptians have enslaved. And I have faithfully remembered my covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will free you from their bondage, and I will redeem and rescue you with an outstretched, vigorous, powerful arm, and with great acts of judgment against Egypt. And then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who redeemed you and brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Verse 8, I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh. Now I want you to just imagine with me for a second. It's 800 years between El Shaddai and Moses. And God comes to Moses and he says, listen, I'm about to reveal a whole new part of me and you get to be the first one to experience it. And it's interesting because how many of you know that when we do something a lot and we experience something a lot, that's pretty much all we know, right? Example would be like when you're raised in your house, you know, if you're raised to do things a certain way, and your mother did it, and your grandmother did it, and then, you know, it's like the story where the, 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 the young woman is just married, and there's this, there's this huge paint, this pan in the, in the kitchen, and, and she says, well, why do we cut the meat and don't use all of it, but fit it in the, in the pan, right? And she says, well, I don't know, go ask your, go ask your, uh, go ask your mother. So the mother says, I don't know why we do that. Go ask your grandmother. The grandmother says, I don't know why we do that. Go ask Grandma Great. They go to Grandma Great. They say, Grandma Great, why do we cut part of the meat and only use this pan? And she says, well, that's the only pan we had. <laughs> right? And so, you know, just generations of traditions up to a point, you just do things because the previous generation did it, right? Can you imagine how much tradition had accumulated over 800 years from El Shaddai? I mean, Jacob I mean, Abraham teaches it to Jacob. Who is God? He's El Shaddai. He's Almighty. That's what we know. Awesome. <laughs> Isaac teaches Jacob, says, hey, Jacob, this is who God is, El Shaddai. And, and Jacob says, hey, do we know him as any? Well, a couple other names, but this is really the name he wants to be known as. This is our, our current revelation, right? And then Joseph and the 11 other brothers and all the generations in Egypt. In fact, it says that they were in Egypt for 430 years. And isn't it interesting? For 430 years, all they know is El Shaddai, generation after generation after generation. And can you imagine? He's God Almighty, but we're still in slavery. That'd be tough, wouldn't it? Who is God? Well, son, he's God Almighty. Really? Then why are you getting whipped every day and we got to make all these bricks and we're in slavery? I don't know, son. He's just God Almighty. <laughs> you know, like, like just, you just have to stay there. And I wonder, you know, the, I don't know, frustration or, you know, I guess maybe just faithfulness. They were just faithful with El Shaddai all these years, taught their children. But then Exodus 6 comes, right? And God shows up to Moses and he says, listen, yeah, I'm El Shaddai, but guess what? I'm, now I want to be known as Yahweh, 
as Jehovah, the great I am. Boom, this whole world kind of explodes. I can almost imagine in Moses' mind going, oh, wait, no, no, wait, you're El Shaddai, <laughs> you know. Like, that's what I've always known you as. And God says, yeah, that's good. But now I want to be known as Jehovah. I want to be home as Yahweh, the great I am. And we're opening up a whole new thing here, whole new season. How many of you, <laughs> I'm dating myself, I realize this, but how many of you remember the video game when it first came out, the first video game? Do you know what it was? Pong. <laughs> how many of you remember Pong? Like Pong was one game and it was a whole system. And there's a picture of it, Pong. I remember when I was in fifth grade, we got a Pong game and it was dink, 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 you know, that little ball going back and forth and the things on the end were like paddles, you know. How many of you played Pong? Just raise your hand. Yeah, y'all are old, just like me. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, what if Pong was the only thing for a long time, right? And then all of a sudden, Halo shows up. So go to the next screen, would you? Like, can you imagine the difference between Pong and Halo? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that is not even in the same ballpark, right? Can I just tell you, that's almost what it was like with El Shaddai to Yahweh, like, it just exploded. It was this huge revelation. Now, all of a sudden, God isn't just almighty, kind of distant, this God that we serve, but he's not really doing it for us. Now God says, listen, I'm the Lord. I'm right here with you. I'm not the past. I'm not necessarily the present. I'm, I am. I'm everything, right? I'm this great thing. And then, you know, then God starts to show himself in these ways, right? So, again, if you know the story, we won't go into it this morning, but... Egypt and the deliverance of the Israelites from the bondage and slavery of the Egyptians and the ten plagues. And God just starts showing off. Really, he does. I mean, his power, he starts flexing his muscles and the boils and the frogs. And can you imagine? Moses comes to the children of Israel and says, listen, he's not just almighty. He's the great I am. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then all of a sudden, one plague, blood in the Nile, two plagues. Three plagues, like boils and frogs, and the whole land is destroyed. And, and for most of the plagues, it doesn't affect the children of Israel. So all the boils and the gnats and the, all that stuff is happening to the Egyptians, but God has this great I am, Yahweh, Jehovah, covering over his people. Did you think maybe they started to go, hmm, I think there's something to this Yahweh business, right? I think there's something to this great I am business the Ten Commandments, and that God takes them out of Egypt and into the wilderness and begins to teach them and train them and give them some, some uh, special instructions, the Ten Commandments, right? And it's interesting because here God displays all his greatness, brings them out of Egypt, shows himself as the great I am, takes them out, and Moses goes up on the mountain, gets the Ten Commandments, and comes back down. And do you remember what, it, what he looked like? He was glowing. And it's interesting because God lays out a proposal to the people through Moses. And, and basically it's this. God, Moses says, listen, this glowing thing you see happening on me, this is the presence of God, and he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to do this for all of us. Aren't you excited about that? We are, but they weren't. <laughs> the children of Israel said, uh, you're scary. And... I don't really want that. Why don't you talk to God and then come tell us about it? That's what they did. They literally reject God. 
the El Shaddai, the, the Yahweh, the great I am. And he's saying, listen, I want to have a relationship with you. And they said, yeah, no. Moses, you go do it and then bring it to us and then we'll be happy that way. It's all good. <laughs> Let the pastor do it. <laughs> you know? And it's interesting because now I want you to jump a little bit ahead here. Exodus chapter 20, verse 24. After they reject God, now keep this in mind. After they reject God's proposal for an intimate relationship with them, God says this. He says in Exodus 20, verse 24, he says, in every, in every place where I cause my name to be remembered, everybody say name. Say it with me, name. In every place I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. I will come to you and bless you. And I want to just give us a little thing here. Do you know that word bless in the Hebrew is actually the same word, the root word is where we get benediction, right? So have you heard people say at the end of a service they give a benediction? And the word benediction literally means, and the word bless literally means this, that whatever we've done up to this point, now we declare as finished, as finished, right? So then we, we get the benediction, we declare it as finished, and we walk out the door. But the thing about it is in the Hebrew that when God says the word bless, he's literally saying this. He says, listen, everything that you remember in my name and you declare, I'm going to declare as finished over your life. <laughs> oh, do you have any idea how big this is? Because so often we live in these lies of, oh, I'm not good enough, or God doesn't love me, or he's not going to provide, or he's not this and that. And God says, listen, verse 24, in every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. I will declare as finished in your life the things that you declare to me and honor me in my name. Man, I'm telling you, it's so big. So if you need healing, right? If you need healing, you lift up the name Jehovah Rapha. It's the name of Jesus. Like we even sang it today, right? He's healing. He's power. He's all these things. You need healing? Jehovah Rapha. You need victory in some area of your life? Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, victory. Right? You need peace in your life? Jehovah Shalom, Lord, my peace. And as we lift up and remember his name, he actually declares as finished that thing in your life. How many of you would like to have God declare as finished some area that you feel lacking in some of these areas? Anybody, anybody with me today? Man, I'm telling you, so often we declare the wrong things, don't we? We speak the wrong words. In Romans chapter 12, verse 14, Paul's writing to the Romans, and he gives them a real simple command. He says this, bless and do not curse. Bless and do not curse. Oh, I'm telling you, this is big. Why? Because so often we bless the wrong thing. We, we bless the problem and we curse God. Have you ever had this prayer? God, why aren't you doing this? What, you know, I need, you know, and we, we, we almost switch places with him. We bless the problem and we curse God. And God says, don't do that. Bless my name and I'll declare as finished in your life this thing. And curse the lies that want to take you away from my names and my presence. Folks, I'm telling you, 
we as Americans, we need to get on top of this one. And as the church of Jesus Christ, how many of you think if we got out in front of this, it would begin to have a trail of people? Jesus says what? If you will lift up my name, I will draw all men unto me. And I feel like if we will draw, if we will lift up the name, the names of Jesus, if we will lift up his name and these areas, people will see it, right? So we'll go back to Mike. Mike lifts up the name of Jesus on the job. He's walking out. This is who Jesus is, and this is what he's done in my life. And all of a sudden, bam, $1,000 check, bam, raise, you know. All of a sudden, they're like, hey, wait a minute, that's pretty awesome. Like, I don't know if anybody else got these checks or not, but, but I'm just saying, like, there's a, there should be and there can be a tangible difference in our lives as we lift up and bless the name of Jesus. And then we say, Lord, you declare as finished this thing in my life. Finished. Done. Huh. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't let your feelings get out in front of your faith. Get your faith out in front of your feelings. Get your faith out in front of your feelings. What In Romans, again, it says this, declare things that are not as though they were. <laughs> right? We get a, we, we're always on the tail end of things. Why are we doing that? That's really stupid. Right? Let's get out in front and say, okay, God, I need victory. And so, Lord, Jehovah, Nisi, I declare you are my victor. And God says what? I bless that. You bless me. I'm going to declare as finished this thing in your life. Right? And we say, Lord, I, I, I'm having trouble with this area of sin, these habits. And he says, we say, Jehovah Makadish, the Lord who sanctifies and makes holy. Lord, I need to be holy in this area. It's, it's not holy right now. It's got holes in it. <laughs> and God says, listen, I'm going to declare it's finished this in your life. Finished, Makadish. I need peace. You need to be directed. The Lord, my shepherd, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is here. Lord, I want more of your presence. And he says, listen, declare my name and I will Declare as finished this thing in your life. I will put my, my emphasis on it and my cap on it. Every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. Right? And so the progression of Revelation continues, and we move a little farther. We get to King David, right? Go to Psalms 103, if you would. It reads pretty similar in all the different versions, but in the New American Standard uh, Bible, which I believe is probably the most accurate, the Psalms 103, G, uh, David writes these words, and they're familiar to many of you. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Your soul is the deep places of us, right? O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy, say it with me, name, right? Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, so, go, yeah, go back. It's all right. Go back. To, I, was, I was on Twitter this week, and John Christ is this comedian, and he found this store, this, this shoe store named Oh My Soul. It's a shoe store, right? And he writes, bless the Lord, he says on his Twitter thing, right? But, I mean, you know, it's not about shoes, right? When he says bless the Lord, it's not just your feet. It's everything. He says, oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, right? <laughs> he says, listen, I get it. It's almost like David said, I get it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he goes on and says this in verse 3. Oh, I'm sorry. Stay in verse 2. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. 
Forget not his benefits. How many of you know these are benefits, right? This is awesome parts of who God is. And he says, listen, bless the Lord, O my soul. And Lord, you're going to declare as finished the things that I declare. Bless his holy, say it with me, name, right? And then he says, listen, forget not all his benefits. I, I really feel strongly about this. Like, like, again, I'm not this old covenant guy, but I am progressive revelation guy. Like God keeps revealing himself all along the way. And next week we're going to get to the new covenant and Jesus. You talk about names. Jesus gave himself lots of names. Did you know that? The bread of life. You know, I am the water. I am the everything. And he just, I mean, there's literally dozens and dozens of names of Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, the progression of the revelation of who God is comes to fulfillment in the person of Jesus Christ. Right? And then, well, even beyond that, I'm going to give you a little, little, uh, little teasers. Beyond that, you get into the, to the New Testament books, and it says, listen, there's more. There's more. Like, if you are stuck in a certain brand of Christianity right now, I believe God is saying this. Come on. Come with me. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much deeper. And then he goes on. Okay, so verse, he says, forget none of his benefits. Verse 3, he says this. Who pardons all your iniquities. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, my righteousness. Right? He says he forgives. Anybody glad for the forgiveness of sins? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody glad that you don't have to live with that garbage? Right? Woo. Who heals all your diseases. Jehovah Rapha. Who redeems your life from the pit. He makes you holy. Jehovah Makadesh, right? He sanctifies you. He redeems you from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Jehovah Shalom. It's not just peace. Do you know it's fullness? You know, Jesus said what? He says, I come that you might have life, abundant life, right? The emphasis on full, right? <laughs> Who satisfies your years with good things. Jehovah Jireh, right? The Lord, our provider. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Anybody here want their youth renewed? <laughs> Hearty amen from some of those folks. Okay. The Lord, no, verse 6, the Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed, El Shaddai. He made known his ways to Moses, Jehovah, Yahweh, the great I am, his acts to the sons of Israel. Verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Do you know why all this is happening? It's because he loves us. It's because he wants to bring us into new revelation of things. If you're still in Pong, <laughs> he wants to bring you into the, the newest video games, right? The newest technology, the newest amazing things. And it's not enough to stay in there or there or there. He says, listen, I want, there's more for you, and I want you to have it, right? Okay, so a couple more verses, and we'll wrap this up. John 17. <laughs> John 17. It's Jesus, and he's actually praying to his father in front of his disciples. And so the disciples are watching him, and they, he prays to the father, and then he prays for them a little bit later in John 17. But in John 17, verse 6, Jesus is praying to the father, and he says this, I have revealed you, and in the Greek, that actually means your name. 
Jesus is praying to the Father. And he says, listen, I've revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. In the New King James, it says, I have manifested your name. Which I love that word. I have declared it. I have shown it, your name. The progression of the revelation of it, right? More and more. Do you realize that Jesus is the encapsulation of all the previous names revealed? I mean, think about it, right? He came to die for our sins. So Jehovah Sidkenu, right? He's presence. How many of you know that Jesus and, Cap- Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit through Jesus actually is the presence of God, right? On. The Lord is here. The Lord, he's the shepherd. He calls himself the great shepherd. We'll look at that next week. He's peace. He makes us holy. How many of you know he got the victory over hell, death, and the grave, right, over sin? He's Jehovah Nisi. How many of you know he healed a few people when he was on planet Earth, right? (laughs) Right? The great I am, Jehovah. He calls himself the Lord, right? Jesus says, I've revealed myself fully to those. Your name I've revealed revealed fully to those you entrusted to me. When we enter into relationship with Jesus, we enter into a relationship with all the names of God. Instant supply of healing, instant supply of provision, of peace, of joy, of holiness, right? In the name of Jesus. Some people say, well, you know, I know he can do all that, but will he do all that? How many of you ever looked at someone else in the body of Christ and thought, well, I wish God loved me as much as he loved them, right? Like there was temptation even today. Mike gets a check for a 1000 bucks. The enemy would love to put in some people's heads, well, you didn't get a check for $1,000. Do you like my voice? <laughs> it's the pouty voice. We get this. I never get this in my house. Um. <laughs> It's that pouty, you love the other one more than you love me voice, right? That's not the voice of God, I will just tell you. The voice of God is the one that says, listen, I love Mike exactly the same as I love you. And I'm going to provide for you because I'm Jehovah Jireh. And somebody else gets healed, we go, oh, how come I'm not healed? God says, listen, I don't love them any more than I love you. Right? So Jesus makes it pretty clear in Matthew chapter 8. Verse 1, he says this. Matthew chapter 8. Jesus is praying again. He's up in the mountain. And it says in verse 1, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds follow him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, and isn't this how a lot we feel sometimes? Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Isn't that interesting? He lays this thing out for Jesus and he says, listen, I kind of know you can, but are you willing? In other words, do you want to do this, right? Lord, if you are willing, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What does Jesus do? You need to fill out a few more forms. You need to do a few more laws. You need, to, you need a little more righteousness. So get rid of that nasty habit, and then maybe we'll talk. Wait a minute. You missed church once in September? No, all October, you have to be there every Sunday before I can even think about healing you, right? Does he say that? Nope. Jesus looks at this outcast of society. <laughs> this leper had a skin disease that separated him from 
ever having human contact with anyone. In fact, if a leper ever came too close, you were required by law to pick up a rock and throw it at him and drive him away from you because of his sickness and because of the thing that was going on in his life. Jesus doesn't treat him like he deserved. What does he do? (laughs) It's so awesome. Jesus reached out his hand and what? Touched the man. Just that phrase alone is enough right there almost. Like just to reach out and touch someone who probably had not been touched by anyone. I mean, leprosy was a years-in-the-making disease. It could have been years, decades even. Jesus reaches out, and he touches him. And he says this, I am willing. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Folks, if you're taking notes, I want you just to write this down. Say, I am willing. I am willing. Jesus isn't trying to prove something by having you go through a bunch of nasty stuff. And I will stand here and say, I don't understand how things work all the time. I don't get it. But I do know this, that if we will declare things that are not as though they were, God is released to do things in our lives. He says, listen, if you will lift up my name, if you will remember my name, Exodus 20, he says, I will bless, I will declare as finished things in your life. Oh, it's Jehovah Jireh. He says, I'm willing to heal you, and I am going to heal you, and I want to touch you. It's could versus would. It's can versus will. The phrase came to my mind this week as I was reading about reading this. You know, you hear that phrase, ready, willing, and able. That's Jesus, right? He's ready, he's willing, and he's able to heal and to touch you, to bring you peace to bring you uh, holiness, to bring you victory, to bring his presence, to bring his leadership, his shepherd in your life. I read a quote from uh, Joseph Prince. It was, uh, (laughs) he says this, the day that you come to know God's heart of love and believe that he wants you blessed more than you want to be blessed, is the day that you receive your miracle. I wonder if God isn't limited by our declarations. Am I blessing the right thing? Am I cursing the wrong thing? Right? Bless and do not curse. I will say this, and I think I have the permission from the Holy Spirit to say, I will, cursing is okay as long as you curse the devil and all his plans in your life, right? Bless what God is doing and curse what the devil is doing and curse the lies that he's trying to bring into our lives. And get a sense of the heart of God on this. I am willing. And so as we close today, I'm going to invite the worship team to come. And uh, I want us to have what we call an open-ended service this morning. And... uh, I'm going to just give you, I feel like God would have us just spend a little time with his names, with his names. And the worship team is just going to play. And uh, whenever you feel like 
God is releasing you, and you need to, or if you need to go to an appointment or something, I'm just going to release you in that. But I want to just encourage us this morning to spend a little bit of time, because I don't think it's too much of a stretch of my imagination to think that some of us in this room are struggling in certain areas of the name of God. <laughs> right? For some, it might be, you know, a, a poverty spirit, right? Of, of finances, right? Maybe it's in the area of the, the covenant of God that he, he actually does like you. And he does actually have good thoughts towards you and he's committed to you. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're lacking peace. You really, in all honesty, would say you have more anxiety and depression and, and shame and those kind of things in your life than you do the actual Jehovah Shalom in your life. So what I want you to do, we're going to just run these names, if you would, Katie. Just, we're just going to run these names. I put them on a loop this morning, and they're just going to run over and over on the screen. And I want to just encourage you, as we worship, I'm going to declare benediction <laughs> over you. I'm going to bless you. And we're going to lift up the name of Jesus, and he's going to declare as finished this area of your life. And I want to encourage you to just come. If you want to find a place of prayer at the altar, if you want to make where you're sitting a place, you may want to come up and actually stand. I thought about, I actually had a picture of this. You may want to just come up and stand and say, Lord, I, I need victory over an area of, of, uh, of sin in my life or a habit or addiction. I want to be holy. You may be here and say, Lord, I'm having a lot of, I feel like defeated, but I, I'm, I'm going to declare your victory over my life. Healing, peace restoration, covenant. If you have an area of your life and God is saying, listen, I want to progress your revelation in this area. I want to encourage you this morning. Let, why don't we stand to our feet? And I'm going to declare a blessing over you. And then I'm just going to release you. If you want to come and find a place of prayer, you want to go stand in front of one of the names, say, God, I want to grow. I want to progress in revelation in this area or maybe a couple of names, whatever it is. And so, Lord, we invite you, invite you, Holy Spirit, to cement and solidify the things that you've been working on us even throughout this service. And, Lord, you said in your word that if we will remember you and lift up your name, that you will declare as finished those areas of our life. So, Lord, we say yes to that. We say yes to that. Grow us in, in these specific areas, God, that you have for us. And declare us finished in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, oh, oh my soul, worship his
心。